Welcome to Boomeranging, from expat to repat, a podcast that explores the question, what could be so hard about returning home after years living overseas? I'm your host, Margot Anderson, and in each episode, I will sit down with a former Aussie expat to discuss how they survived repatriation and reverse culture shock, how they navigated the logistics of careers, friends, and family to successfully find their new place at home, and all without losing their global spirit. If you have just returned home, are thinking about it, or just love a good yarn told by professional globetrotters, then I have no doubt you'll enjoy meeting this diverse group of Australians. Kate's husband had been buying her books on gardening for years, but as a marketer in financial services for over 10 years in the UK, planting was always a passion pursuit, not a professional one. Coming home and settling in Brisbane, Kate thought she would continue her career in financial services, only to be told bluntly by a recruiter that her career would not continue in Brisbane unless she was prepared to go into the mining sector. The exact words were, nobody will be interested in your experience because it costs us more to maintain your type of people in roles. Nice. So Kate decided to flip her old career on its head and started to read her gardening books a bit more seriously. She enrolled in a local TAFE course to study landscape design and then continued on to study horticulture. Two years ago, she started her own business, Port Couture, a now thriving landscape gardening and design business. I'm interested to talk to Kate to find out if she had any inkling during her corporate career that she might one day do a complete 360 on her career. I'm also keen to find out how COVID might have supported the growth of her business, given the world's latest obsession with indoor plants and all things home-related. So welcome, Kate. Thanks, Margot. It's nice to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Where are we chatting with you today? Uh, Well, today I'm in my home office, uh, which is in Cedar Creek, which is north of Brisbane, just outside of Brisbane. And uh, yeah, it's a spring day, things are starting to warm up and the jasmine outside my window is coming in and the scent is glorious. I wish you could smell it. So before we chat about life in London, can you share a little bit about what life looked like before you ventured overseas? Okay, sure, yeah. Uh, Before I moved to London, I was living in Sydney. I was in my mid-20s. I was working for a global IT firm uh, in their marketing department there and um, I was enjoying life. I I loved it. It was a great opportunity to, you know, learn more about marketing and uh, the way a big business works. And I also had the opportunity to travel around Asia I worked for the you know, oh, office. Um, so, yeah, that brought a lot of amazing opportunities as well and, yeah, some good times and, yeah, life was good. I spent the weekends at the beach. And and then London came on the radar. So how did that open up? Where did the early seeds, I guess, of life abroad come from or were there any? Uh, yeah, uh, there definitely, definitely were. Um, my parents were well-travelled, my grandparents were as well, and I think it was instilled in us from an early age how great travel was. Um, don't just settle down. There's a lot out there. Take advantage of all those opportunities. Um, so that was always there. Before I moved to London, I'd travelled over there anyway. I'd sort of, you know, did the uh, Kentucky tour back in the day. Yeah. And, um, and I had uh, friends already living in the UK as well. So um, definitely those seeds were there. I think also, you know, 
traveling for work around Asia was good. You know, I, I sort of basically I had a taste of what that was all like and I decided I wanted more of it and I decided that I wanted to not only travel and be a tourist but also to actually live somewhere and experience what it was like working in another country as well and and having a life there you know and experiencing how people live on the other side of the world so yeah I did that. Fabulous and London was very much an easy place to go for us wasn't it because you know we had the visa the reciprocal visa that we could enter in on and um, Yeah. yeah certainly opened the doors. So when you left Australia, you were heading away for what you thought would be a couple of years, but like many Aussies, you found yourself staying much longer. I think it was 10 years, in fact. For many of us who stay beyond the year or two, there, there is a tipping point where things, I think, mentally change and, and the possibility of being a longer-term resident opens up and we start to make you know longer-term decisions, etc. Was there a tipping point for you where that happened? Uh, well, I think the key moment probably was when I met my husband, who's, who's English. Yeah. Uh, he's English. Yeah. Yeah. That really played a big part. And, um, you know, I think from that moment on really, you know, it's definitely at the back of your mind, if not the front of your mind, really. Um, you know, I, I was there on a, a working holiday visa, as you said, I did my two years and I, my visa ran out. Uh, so I, I went home, I went home engaged and I moved back to the UK married. Yeah, I didn't have ancestry to draw on in terms of being able to get that visa. So I, I sort of had to go for the marriage visa. Um, but, you know, that was uh, definitely, I think I, I returned to London at that point, having had a mindset shift. Yes. Yeah. And did you think um, you would return to Australia? Like was the possibility of coming back here, you know, on the cards or was it just like, okay, we'll see what happens? Uh, I think it was a bit of both. I always thought that I would come home. I sort of went there thinking that it would be great to live and work in another country, but equally it would be great to bring that experience back to Australia and have that. And I wanted my English husband to know where I came from and my background, my family and all that and have an appreciation for it as well Um, because it's one thing to visit but it's totally different to live somewhere as we know and, yeah, so I I think the the plan was fairly fluid but it it was always there and family plays a part in that as well. My dad became unwell so that was definitely a factor in it. In the timing. In the timing, yeah. Yeah. So you you returned to Brisbane, which is not your hometown and not not even your home state. What was it about Brisbane that attracted you there? Yeah, good question, really. Um, I remember at the time everybody was, well, it seemed like everybody was leaving the UK to return home and everybody seemed to be going to Brisbane. Right. um, It was just sort of the way it happened, really. I remember going to yet another farewell party and somebody saying, what is going on? What is with you guys? Did you look up in the night sky and see the bat signal and all go home again? Um, and he said, and the other thing is you are all going to Brisbane. And it's true, we were. And um, I hadn't been to Brisbane for many, many years, but I had a lot of friends who were living in Brisbane or making the decision to return to Brisbane, even though they hadn't been from there. And we were due for a trip back to Australia to visit and we thought, oh, we'd better go and, and have a look. Sort of 
always been invited by friends to come and stay, but it was just a step too far with the other places that we were going to. Uh, so we never sort of did. And we thought, well, perhaps it's time that we went and had a look and seen what Brisbane has to offer because it's certainly been a long time since I was there. Uh, so we did. Uh, and we stayed with a few friends who sort of knew we'd been living over here for a long time and we were sort of looking around at options and what the next thing was going to be and they were sort of keen for us to move here, I think, and, you know, showed us all the, the good bits, the good parts of Brisbane. <laughs> um, the highlight reel. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, when we realised it was possible to live here and still be within commutable distance of a major city, with access to an international airport, but, you know, small enough to feel like you were stepping off the treadmill a bit, I guess. Yeah. You know, that, that was the thing. It, it's, we did make a, an active decision to, to do that, you know. We wanted to mm. leave London. We wanted a different lifestyle. We wanted it to be more about enjoying all the things that life has to offer, not just living to work and you know what it's like it's sort of Monday to Friday long hours you know long commutes never seen the sun you know constant constant get up and do it all again um so yeah it was the opportunity to come back here I think and um start something new look at new businesses new opportunities family that that sort of thing so it was an easy choice so you return home thinking I'll I'll transfer my career home. It shouldn't be too hard, but it wasn't really as straightforward as anticipated. You had a conversation with a recruiter that was quite confronting, I guess. How long was it between coming home and that fortuitous conversation? uh, It wasn't that long, I guess. Um, Yeah, it it was a conversation that my husband had actually at an informal drinks evening one night where he just happened to meet somebody um, fairly high up in a recruitment organisation that said straight out, just said, yeah, no, look, sorry, so it's, it's not going to happen, you know, choose a different direction. And, it, yeah, it's a bit confronting, I think. Um, you know, it, it's always disappointing to hear that the experience you've gained is not valued and that, yeah. you know, all of that time spent honing your craft and your skills to improve yourself does not come with the anticipated rewards of better career opportunities in your chosen country. But, you know, at, at the same time, I was looking at the opportunities of that and, and sometimes when one door closes, you know, another one opens and it wasn't the only thing that we were doing. We, we um, we moved here and fairly quickly sort of found a block of land that we liked and we decided to build our own home. Uh, so that was a project that I threw myself into and really the, the launch pad for my next endeavour. So, yeah, there were other things. It, it was very disappointing and, you know, I decided I didn't want to work in the mining industry either. That's That didn't suit me. It, it's never sat right with me. Uh, so I, I didn't want to do that. Um, but, you know, at the same time it was about finding, well, what is the next thing? What do I do now? (laughs) Yeah. Had you ever previously contemplated like a completely different career direction or was it simply, okay, that door is closing. I'm going to take the opportunity to consider what could be. Uh, look, I think, um, I don't know that I thought about it in those terms is the easiest way to say that. I mean, I I had a number of, of hobbies that I pursued and I did always take the opportunity to further those. So I did 
you know, cooking courses and, and, you know, courses in gardening. I did courses to further my skills in things like mountain biking and, and other stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I did. I made the effort and I spent the money and took the time to, um, to do those things. But I suppose I always, when it came to things like cooking and gardening, I thought of those things as hobbies and not something that really could be turned into a professional career, probably more because... I hadn't done that when I sort of left school. But looking back, those things were always there in the background and I just never placed the importance on them, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until I uh, started to, uh, I think once we sort of built our house and, and that project was nearing the end and we looked around and thought, well, there's still a lot to do because you build the house but then, you know, not having the garden to go with it is... Yeah. <laughs> it's sad, really. It's like having a party dress and forgetting about the shoes. That's absolutely right. It's a great analogy, actually. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess that was the point that I started to consider, yeah, gardening. You move from really project managing the build of the house to then going into, okay, I'm going to project manage the garden, the development of the garden. Is that right? Is that where it sort of came from? Yeah, yeah. We... um where we live is uh, it's very heavy clay <laughs> and um yeah <laughs> we put in a, a cat flap for the cat and the cat was running in from outside with all this red clay and into the washing basket and things like that and you're like oh we've got to do something about this <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um, so I think there was a, a bit of a push there <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. at the end of we built the house and then it was like, okay, we need to do something with the garden. We bought five acres and that's a, a large area to work with. And, I, you know, not being from Queensland, you know, I'm originally I'm from Western New South Wales, which, you know, even the native plants are very different there um, and certainly all very different from the UK as well, where I just spent, you know, ten and a half years of my life. So, yeah, I, I decided to look at that. My husband said, well, why don't you do this? This is what you've always done. This is what you've always loved. You know, jump in. Go back and have a look at some of those books I've been buying you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly what he did say. Yeah, um, do you not realise, you know, I've been buying you these books for a reason, trying to send you the message. <laughs> and, it, and, yeah, I must have been a little bit um, stubborn in in reaching the same conclusion because yeah when I thought about it it was things like uh, starting a business for dummies and you know the the ultimate garden design handbook and you know things like that so he could sort of see it maybe before I was letting myself see it but yeah it was one of those things that once you sort of realize it's like flicking a light switch and going oh yeah okay it's so obvious why wouldn't I do that yeah it, it is an interest and why not pursue that passion and see where it takes me so you take yourself back to to school, really, don't you? And decide, okay, I'm I'm going to step up a notch on this on this pathway and really explore it. So you start with a TAFE course. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I um I heard about a TAFE course that was offering landscape design, and I thought, oh, I'll go and have a look. And and it turned out to be our local TAFE. It was really quite close by, and. The horticulture department was a, a major area for them that they sort of focused on. So it was perfect, really. So, yeah, I decided to start. I started with landscape design, discovered that I, I enjoyed it 
a huge thing actually. It was amazing. It was feeling like, oh, my God, I've found, found this amazing thing and I love it. It's great. It's really lit something up. Totally, totally, yeah. It really, really did. It lit something up and, and that creative outlet as well, you know, using your brain in a different way and enjoying every minute of it really. But, it, yeah, and then I, I sort of realised that I didn't, my knowledge on Queensland plants wasn't as strong, not being from here. So I decided to do a couple of units of horticulture as well and then decided that I, I loved that so much that I just went back and, and did the whole course and, yeah, got a lot out of it and, you know, in the process managed to reconnect with my country, you know. I was out yeah. all the time. Um, I'm an outdoorsy sort of a person and we like, you know, spending a lot of time outside hiking and, and walking around, being in nature, doing all the national parks and the beaches. And I think that the horticulture side of thing side of things was an extra element to that. And, you know, mm. knowing and appreciating what was around me and being able to name those things. And, you know, Australian plants and flora and fauna, amazing. amazing. You know, there's mm. a reason why it's all well known throughout the world, you know, the, the properties they have of being able to grow in poor soils and, you know, drought tolerant and all of all of this, so many things. But, you know, that's really amazing and it was a great way to feel like although I've been a fish out of water since I've moved home, I am reconnecting with my country and I'm finding that thing about it that I love again and that's a great thing to be able to do how difficult was it to take yourself back to school? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it had been quite a long time since I'd studied. Yeah. Uh, I had always thought that I would like to go back and study again one day. So, um, it, you know, it, that was good. Um, yeah, it, it was a bit tricky You having to make time for study. Yeah, it's a different wiring, isn't it? A different discipline that's required yeah yeah it is it is uh but I think when you enjoy what you're doing it makes such a difference you know it's not like year 12 maths it's no (laughs) it was a it's a lot better than that and and you know the world opens up because you know all the other people that you're doing this course with are equally as interested and and that's a great thing I think about going back as a mature age student is that you're more confident I think in yourself you know yourself a bit more and you know where your weaknesses are and where to push yourself and, you know, what, what's going to be easy, what's going to be a bit more difficult. You know, having those like-minded people around you to help boost you on and be nerdy with you about plant yeah. names and, you know, oh, what about this <laughs> one and, you know, have you seen this? And, you know, that, it's, it's cool when you find you can be nerdy with Amazing. Um, I love it. Um, so you launched your business or Couture in 2018. How has the move from employee to business owner been? Good, good, actually. Um, I've loved it, to be honest. Yeah, I uh, decided to start my own business and bring into play all of those skills that I had. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- so many things I guess are transferable and you have to look at those and you know I was able to to take those and run with it and put all that into a new business so you know I when I was living and working in London I was I spent most of my time there working as a contractor uh, going in and out of companies doing short stints really 
that was a really good thing. You know, I, it's a foundation. Mm. It was. You know, you realise that. Um, you know, you can walk into a an office not knowing anyone at all. You know, you're able to pick up the threads of of what's going on. You know, build relationships, build connections, work out what needs to happen, and and start start doing it basically and I think the marketing background business background being prepared to work long hours I mean I did work long hours at the time yeah yeah all in all I've I've really enjoyed it and you know I'd recommend to anyone who's who wants to do it there's there's definitely uh some tougher times you know and and you need the passion to pull you through I would say that but um on, on the whole I've I've loved it I still love it which is great for many of us with travel restrictions and lockdowns, I mean, significantly impacting our lives, our homes and gardens have really become a focus for us. How has this impacted your business? Um, yeah, great question. I think it's it's impacted it in a huge way, actually. Um, we're all spending a lot more time at home now in our homes with all of the lockdowns and people are looking out at their backyards and thinking, what can I do here to improve things? Um, home improvement has been has enjoyed a huge surge in the last couple of years, and I don't think I know anyone who's not busy um, in any yeah. ways. Actually, I've definitely been um, very, very busy lately, uh, which is great. Um, but I, I think the unexpected benefits are that people have realized the value that their gardens bring to them to their home um, it's not just about curb appeal it's much more than that it's about having somewhere to go when you want to get away from your family or when you want to take a phone call or just have a, a cup of coffee or or have a few quiet moments it's about um, you know adding value to your home as well because having that outdoor room and having mm. somewhere to retreat to or somewhere to go, is hugely valuable. You know, we're placing a lot more value on that now um, and and that's coming through in the uh, statistics that we're seeing from real estate companies as well. This, this is one of the key things now that, that people are looking for and the, the value of that has gone, gone right up. So I think having access to a better home environment and being able to feel as good as we possibly can given that we are stuck at home, um, it's so important. And yeah, it's been really great to see new developments, um, especially high-rise developments, incorporate a lot more of that into their designs and incorporating um, biophilic design, which is biophilic design is um, about incorporating nature into the built environment. It, it has a huge impact on our health and wellness, our mental health, also our productivity, our creativity. Yeah. It's a reset, a mental reset. I think we're we're embracing that. You know, we're always around, but it's become uh, it's come to the fore now. It's become even more popular, and people understand that. And you know, like never before, people are embracing it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know personally, even you know, the thought that's gone into the home office <laughs> um, and trying to just bring some of that in, and I think you know, maximize light and maximize those things. I mean, if we're going to spend our days and our time there, you know, you're right. It's not just about doing a job; it's also about you know, making sure that we're energized to keep going and we're focused and we can sustain that. So, yeah, absolutely. And even you know, the smallest area, you know, whether it's a 
a balcony or, you know, tiny little patio, a side garden, you know, a side mm. garden. Where it might just be a side garden, but if you've got a window that opens out onto it and you're looking at something that's unappealing or, you know, it might just be a brick wall or grey fence or something like that, you can do so much more with that and it makes a huge difference. It might seem like nothing, but it makes a massive difference to you, your health, your family and your property. Yeah, absolutely. It can be a real source of joy. Totally, yeah. So what advice would you have for those who are contemplating a career change after an extensive life abroad? Well, I'd say go for it. You know, I think that being living overseas teaches us a lot of skills, whether that's, um, you know, getting having to get up, get out there and meet people and network and, you know, create opportunities for yourself. I mean, that's one thing that Aussies do exceptionally well, I think, and, you know, take advantage of those skills that you've learned and just go for it, you know, use your network and look at, at those opportunities that come up because you just you never know what's going to happen and you never know how somebody that you've met even if it was overseas you know could still help you in your next career move back in Australia why not oh absolutely absolutely it's amazing how you see those networks really kind of come together in ways that none of us ever anticipated and I think you know it's just amazing when those new doors are opened and you know I think even things like going back to, to do a course, even if it's a self-interest course, it just it introduces you to new people. You know, I think that's another way of um, really reintegrating into life at home. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, Kate, we like to finish all of our um, podcasts with five quick questions, so I'd love to pose those to you now. Totally, yeah. Living overseas taught me what about myself? To trust myself, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think it it gave me a lot of confidence um, and I realised that my experience is valuable no matter how I use it, whether it's in my old career or in a new career, that I can walk into a situation where I know no one and I can pick up the threads of what's going on, meet people, build relationships, build those connections and, yeah, make a list and and get things done and I can churn through a, a, a project. So, yeah, to to back yourself, I think. To back yourself, absolutely, absolutely. Um, The number one skill I use today in my business is? I'd say tenacity and persistence as well. Yeah, two incredible traits I think we build up from a life overseas. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. I think they're two things that, that anyone who's spent any time abroad will no doubt have a good supply of. Yeah, yeah. The best thing I think I've discovered since arriving home is? Oh, um, so many things, I think. Um, The people, the places, the Aussie sense of humour, just it's hard to choose any one thing. But I think the, the landscapes, I think having a much better appreciation of the landscapes and the plants, I think, and the animals and just that unique Australiana sort of, yeah, the, the regional centres, the outback, the small town, the characters that live in them. Um, I don't think I could really narrow it down to any one thing, but it's all of those things and it's having an appreciation for my background and how I've been brought up and, and how things have changed, how they are now and and 
loving it for what it is. Yeah, amazing. I mean, the diversity we have in Australian landscapes, fauna, flora, etc., is is mind blowing. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, like all good things, sometimes it takes you being away and stepping back into it to really see it sometimes or to see the depth of it. So yeah, that's true yeah. as well. So true. Mm, yeah. The first thing I would encourage a new repat to do is? Uh, well, I think as people have said before on your podcast, Margot, I think it's about treating the experience as if you would, as if it's a new country that you're going to for the first yeah. time and, you know, taking the um, taking the opportunity to try new things, meet new people, go to new places. Don't just stick to the same old, same old of the old places that you always used to go and the people that you always used to see because, you know, I think the great thing about life is that there is so much to it. There's so many, you know, things change a lot and a huge yeah. in the time that you're away. And uh, yeah, yeah. you absolutely need to take advantage of that and, and find those opportunities, have the new experiences, and that's what's going to, enrich your life, make it interesting and encourage you to seek out more new things and and enjoy it. And then you've got something to talk about with, you know, other people and yeah. A quick sub question to that is is do you think moving somewhere new upon your return helped you to sort of have that sort of exploration mindset or uh yeah, I, yeah, I guess it, it did help a lot. I yeah, I mean I, the thing was we sort of actively took that decision to move back from the UK and we wanted to live in a smaller city. We wanted the lifestyle. We wanted to be living for more than just our jobs and so we came back with that mindset and desire to find those things. We, we've done the, the touristy things just like a tourist would, I suppose, but, you know, equally you find all the things that only the locals know about and, and make most of those things as well. And final question, a word, song or quote that best describes my time overseas is? I thought a lot about this. Um, I have to say, mind the gap. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That is uh, anyone who spent a lot of time in the UK will be familiar with that phrase. Um, Yeah. It it says a lot of things really. It's about... London, it's about the tube, the underground, working, you know, you hear it every day, day in, day out. It's it's yes. long hours of commuting and there's always mind the gap. Um, yeah. You know, and, and equally when you come home, I think, you know, mind the gap. <laughs> mind the yeah, gap. Yeah. <laughs> mind that, that little block of time where you question yourself and you go, well, oh, did we do the right thing? Was it the right decision to do this? But, you know, you have to, you know, back yourself, I think. Absolutely. Take a decision and and back yourself and and go for it and, and love it. So. Yeah, I think that's a fabulous response, Mind the Gap. Yeah, excellent. Okay, you've been really generous with your time and I've enjoyed our chat immensely. Thank you. Thanks so much, Margot. It's great to chat with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review share it with your friends and family, and subscribe for future episodes. For more information on our guests, please head to our website, insyncnetworkgroup.com, where you can check out the show notes and also find more information about our fabulous community and membership offerings.